It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I had a friend say to me earlier today, for the Panthers, it's the same script, different cast. Dang. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesday, I'll be back once again to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Going to be doing that throughout the rest of the regular season. Doesn't look like we're going to be doing it in January, like late January or February, as Carolina Panthers are now 0-3. So either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Get your questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked. NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Carolina Panthers 27. The Seattle Seahawks 37. The Carolina Panthers are now 0 and 3. And live here on YouTube with you, Ethan McAllister asked us, What are we drinking tonight? He's got the nice bourbon emoji there. Yes, it is fall now. It is brown water season, and the Carolina Panthers season is on the brink after already an 0-3 start in three three weeks. I mean, three weeks in. I'm off my game, guys. I am, I'm fighting it. I'm tired as hell. Was out of town all week and got back here to watch this team just get kicked in the face again. So hang on there with me today. But 0-3, that's not what anyone expected. That's not what anyone obviously wanted, and... It is striking to see just how they've done it. Because honestly, you look at week one, the Panthers should have beat the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are very good. I know the Falcons finally lost today. That's a game where you turn it over three times. You don't turn it over three times, you win that football game. Monday night against the Saints, I felt like the Saints were going to win that game, and the Saints did enough to win, obviously. The Panthers receivers did not help Bryce Young at all. I have no idea how hobbled Bryce really was in that game. We didn't even know he was injured until afterwards. And a little bit more on that here momentarily. And then today... 
It's not like the Panthers didn't have opportunities to potentially go out here and win this football game. They get an interception um, with Deion Jones right after they had taken the lead, and they settle for a field goal. you got to punch it in when you're on the road. When you are facing that kind of crowd noise and that good of a football team in Seattle, when you get an opportunity in plus territory, which they've had multiple opportunities already this season in plus territory, you got to capitalize and score touchdowns. Your opponent does it. Atlanta does it. New Orleans, if they would have gotten an opportunity, they would have done it. But the Carolina Panthers didn't do it. So when you have an opportunity like that, you have to be able to score a touchdown and not settle for three, especially when you didn't give up a single touchdown in the first half. The Panthers could have had a lot of control of the game early on had they been able to capitalize and score a touchdown. Then you look at a third down play later on in that game where Andy Dalton, who had pressure up his face all day, uh, in his face all day, he throws it out to the side, tries to get to Miles Sanders, and just a, a little bit out of reach. If you can just hold on to your block a little bit longer without holding, you can give Dalton an opportunity to step into it, throw it to Miles Sanders. Miles had a ton of room down the sideline to run, and maybe that ends up being a scoring drive. So it's opportunities the Carolina Panthers have had that they have failed to capitalize on, and that's part of the reason why they're now 0-3. Now, first off, let me go out here, I guess second off, let me go out here and give Andy Dalton his flowers. He threw for 361 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers at all. He was 34 of a career-high 58 pass attempts. Andy Dalton's too damn old to be throwing the ball 58 times. And Frank Reich went out and said that the running game was non-existent, that you don't go into Seattle and win um, by throwing the ball around the yard. And as we saw, the Carolina Panthers did not win by trying to throw the ball all around the yard. And that was one of the things we'll get to later on as I go over my three keys of victory that I talked about on Friday. The rushing offense today, the Carolina Panthers ran for, let's see, 44 yards. 3.1 yards per carry. They gave up 146 yards. You're never going to win when you give up 146 and you rush for 44. And that's just, you hate to see that. So the Panthers passing offense, though, it was encouraging to finally see a semblance of what they can be. Adam Thielen had 11 receptions for 145 yards. DJ Chark Four receptions for 86 yards on 11 targets. Of course, we'd like for him to be able to get more receptions on those that amount of targets, but both those guys had touchdowns. DJ Chark's touchdown came on a broken play. It doesn't matter. Not a broken play, but came on a busted coverage. Don't care, busted coverage or not. He's got to make the play. He stuck his foot in there, got into the end zone, so you get to see what he can do. He also had a long reception later on that day for 28 yards. So finally good to see what DJ Chark brings to this offense as he's now healthier. Adam Thielen brought exactly what I thought he potentially could bring to the Panthers this year today. So good to see that from both of those guys in this game today to see Andy Dalton go out there and really do what a backup quarterback's job is. It's to give the team an opportunity to win. And at that Andy Dalton, the way he played today, he gave the Carolina Panthers an opportunity to win this football game had they, you know, not had 13 penalties for 82 yards, including eight false starts, four from Icky, two from Moten, one from Zavala, who was awful again today, and then there was one on the punt team. Eight full starts. It's not an NFL record, as we found out on the broadcast. That was 11 by the Giants back in 05. But 13 penalties? And Frank Reich said it. It's pathetic. You cannot have that many penalties, especially eight of them procedural because of the crowd noise. Like, I have seen JV football teams handle more crowd noise better, handle no crowd noise, just handle anything better than what the Panthers did today. As a professional football team, you can go out, here in Charlotte, go to Cuthbertson High, go to Myers Park, apparently Palisades is a high school, go to J.M. Rob, J. Robinson, I don't know, go whatever high school and go watch the Thursday night game with the JV offensive line and you won't even see eight false starts. But you saw it today in a professional football game. 
That is unacceptable. Ike Iquanu, he's got to stop with the penalties, with the sacks he's given up. He needs to be better. Taylor Moten, you can't have that happen when you're supposed to be the steadying force there at right tackle. Bozeman didn't have any. Thank God. I mean, he's a center, so you would hope that wouldn't happen. Zavala, that's just going to be some a situation you have to deal with, man. And I wonder when Corby comes back if they're going to stick with him because he honestly hasn't been good. We talked about his pro football focus rating is uh, like a 39.2 coming into the game. He's a sub-40 rating, so he's been pretty bad. So you wonder if they're going to try and maybe move Throckmorton over there to left guard who got to start today at right guard instead of Cade Mays whenever Austin Corby comes back. But the O-line, they didn't get a good push when it came to the run game. They allowed pressure up the middle and even on the edge all day long against Seattle. And you can try and talk about the injuries all you want, but look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks were down their starting tackles and one of their guards. And then they lost Damian Lewis, one of their guards, at a, for a period of time in that game. So they were down four or five starters for about half the game today. And they did not have nearly the amount of issues with protection as Carolina Panthers. And you can talk about injuries. They also had injuries. As Jamal Adams still hasn't played. Uh, Kobe White, one of their best corners, is out. Same thing with uh, Reek Woolen. And the Panthers, we're going to talk about their injuries because they're stacking up. The Seahawks had some of the same kind of issues, and they didn't go out there and do what the Carolina Panthers did today with all the penalties and just continuously shooting themselves in the foot. They did it today. They did it week one, and that's part of why they're 0-3. That comes down to discipline. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to just focus. That is unacceptable on every level for a National Football League team to play the way that they did on the offensive line, to have those kind of mistakes, and they've continuously done it so far this season. I don't care how loud Seattle is. I don't care how loud any place is. That can't happen. That can't happen. Notre Dame and Ohio State in college. You see Ohio State facing crowd noise last night, have that kind of issue? No. So it's just unacceptable that the Carolina Panthers, who are facing noises not nearly as loud as it probably is on Saturdays, to have that kind of issue as pros. But Andy Dalton, I thought he played as well as he could play. And I thought, I mean, hell, I'd give the guy an A- minus for his performance today. Uh, he went out there, he battled, he gave him a chance. Yes, he looked better than Bryce. It makes sense. It's, what, his 13th year in the NFL, so I'd certainly hope that the experienced veteran quarterback would look better than a rookie in his first two starts. Like, rookies struggle. That's the case. That's going to happen. Whenever Bryce is healthy, he should be the quarterback. Andy Dalton literally said this week, yeah, I know this is Bryce's thing. I'm happy to play. I'm going to go out there, try to help the team win. That's what he went out there and did today. So it's Bryce's job. Whenever he's healthy, the Panthers gave up way too much compensation that they absolutely need because it looks like they're going to be drafting in the top. Well, they're going to their draft spots going to be in the top ten. The Bears will be drafting in the top ten with the pick and with their own pick because the Bears are awful too, by the way. So that could be a team the Panthers beat at some point this season later on in Chicago. But whenever Bryce is healthy. That is his job. It's weird the way things have played out where he played all Monday night, didn't wasn't like in a boot on the sideline today. I don't think he was in one at all this week and that he didn't practice and all that. I don't know where the injury kind of popped up. It's and you haven't been able to pinpoint when it happened, apparently sometime in the first half. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't believe in a conspiracy theory that the Panthers are giving him a reset. You would give him a reset against the Seattle Seahawks, and let me I wrote this down somewhere. The Seahawks were 30th in the league in passing yards allowed. They were 27th in opposing completion percentage average, 31st in total yards allowed, tied 30th in opponents first down per game, 29th in opponent scoring per game, 29th in sack pass per, sack per pass attempt average. They were last in opposing third down conversion rate. They were 30th in um, 
opponents like scoring percentage, like 55% of drives opponents were scoring on. So this is the kind of defense that you can get right, especially with the kind of injuries that they had in the secondary. So this is the kind of game that you would want uh, Bryce Young to play. And that's a hat tip to Mike K, who uh, put out those numbers on Twitter back on Friday. Like, this is not a game the Carolina Panthers would not want Bryce Young out there. And especially now that you're 0-3, and I had said this going into the year, that really the focus should be developing Bryce, getting him ready to where the Panthers can be the team in the NFC South moving forward. And now at 0-3, that, that certainly is the focus as this already is looking like it may be a lost season. Now, Frank Reich said, I've been 1-5 and and I've been to the playoffs before. The Panthers, I can, in a way, like see how they could be 1-5 and and then be able to have a chance maybe because you look at the, buy, the, the teams that they play at the bye, the Texans, who actually looked pretty good today against the Jags. You got the Colts, who beat Baltimore with Gardner Mishu as the quarterback. You got the Bears on your schedule. You got the Titans. They can start winning some more games but they can't put themselves in a massive hole because history tells you when you start 0-3, you start 1-5, whatever it is, you don't go to the playoffs. So the Carolina Panthers, just a multitude of penalties and mistakes once again hurt this team as they were a much better on offense. Like this is what the offense can look like in the passing game. This is what it can look like, but the run game has to be better. Miles Sanders, you're paying him way too much money to not have an impact in the game um, on the ground. Now, in the past game, I actually was pretty encouraged by what I saw from Miles Sanders. But right now, it's not a good look for the Carolina Panthers the way that they have performed through three weeks, obviously, because they're 0-3 and they're dead last in the division. And as I've seen on Twitter and probably here in the chat, as I've really paid too much attention to it so far, uh, people are angry. They're freaking out. And this is not what people signed up for. And I didn't think they were a playoff team going in, but I didn't think they'd be 0-3 after three weeks. Did not think that would be the case. I figured that they would get a win, but now they're facing an 0-3 team against the Vikings. So someone's going 0-4, and it better not be the Carolina Panthers. They're going to be playing at home against another team that can put up some yardage and was a playoff team a year ago. So the Panthers, again, lose 37-27 on the road in Seattle. Andy Dalton played as good as you could have hoped as he threw for 361 yards, career-high 58 pass attempts, two touchdowns. Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, they were alive, but the offensive line, the mistakes, the defense, that just fell apart in the second half because of all the injuries. That's where you land as the Carolina Panthers are 0-3. And speaking about the injuries, both on offense, both on defense, how are the Panthers going to be able to withstand that moving forward? We'll talk about some of the injuries that were sustained by the Panthers on Sunday here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do, make sure you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Shout out to the 84 people we have here with me live on the Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. As many of you should know, hopefully already know, the Carol, every time the Panthers play, I am here about an hour or so after the game here on Locked On Panthers YouTube channel live, breaking it all down. That's why it's important that you subscribe so you can always check out the show live. But if you don't watch it live, totally fine because that's the vast majority of you who either listen to the show on the podcast feeds or come back and watch it later. You have to subscribe so you can check it out over on Locked On Panthers YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. But thank you to the 84 people. Well, now 83. One person decided, oh, back to 84. Uh, people that are here with me live right now following another Carolina Panthers loss. And I saw the Roaring Riot tweeted out, y'all deserve better than this. And the first comment was no crap. Um, but that was not the word that they use. They use a different four-letter word that starts with an S. I'm sure you guys know which one it is. Um, <laughs> if you don't still, I think God bless you for being that pure and not knowing that word. But yeah, man, this is tough. It's tough to watch. It, it truly is. And I'm like this year, I'm doing the bleach report thing right after the game. I'm coming on here and I just do not know how for 14 more weeks I can do two live shows talking about this football team. If this is what it's going to be, it's frustrating. And when Frank Reich has said, Hey, we're not that far away from scoring like 28, 30 points in the game. Like it scored 27 a day. Like in a way I could see what he was talking about because it's, they have the opportunities to maybe piece it together. Like they're much better than what they've shown the first two weeks. And we saw what the offense potentially can be. Now, obviously you want to see Bryce in it. And I had someone tweet at me or at least DM me be like, Oh, maybe Bryce is the problem. Like I, he's a rookie. I'm, He's not going to play that well to start off the season. Like I expected there to be offensive struggles. I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was the first two weeks. But now you see Andy Dalton in there. It looks a little bit better. So, you know, Bryce is going to come along. He's got to do a better job handling pressure. The O-line has to do a better job as well. The receivers can't have drops and you get open. And going up against a banged-up secondary in Seattle, really not a good secondary to start off the season anyway in Seattle, they went out and made some plays. So I was impressed by Chark. I was impressed by Thielen, and that's what the Panthers need from them moving forward. I liked having Miles Sanders in the passing game. We'd like to get more out of Hayden Hurst. Um I don't know if number three is going to emerge. Jonathan Mingo went out with a uh, concussion. Terrace Marshall had five receptions in this game, so I guess good for him. Uh, but I liked, for the most part, what I saw from the passing game. But they were one-dimensional, and you don't go into Seattle, that's what Frank Reich said, and win by not being able to run the football. And only running for 44 yards is unacceptable, especially when you had run for 100 the first two weeks. And they didn't even try to run to get ball on Monday night against the Saints when they're struggling through the air, which I didn't understand. You ran the ball well against the Falcons, you probably didn't run the ball nearly as much as you should have against the Falcons. So the Carolina Panthers, they got to find an identity on off- offense. And it helps to get Bryce back. It would help to get Austin Corbett back and for these guys to be able to stay healthy. But right now, you're still wondering like what this unit's going to be for the rest of the season. But you're at least encouraged, I would imagine, by the passing game today and what Andy Dalton was able to show having to fill in for Bryce Young. And if he has to play again next week against Minnesota, the way he played today, they can beat the Vikings. Absolutely, they can beat the Vikings. He gave him the chance to win, which is his job. Like I try never to make too much out of what backup quarterbacks do. I've seen him do it here in Carolina before. Everyone's like, oh, look at Kyle Allen, what he's doing when he's turned the ball over three times against the Texans and McCaffrey's out there bailing his ass out. Same thing with the defense. People are acting like he's the one somehow carrying the team when they run the ball with McCaffrey. They're playing great defense, getting turnovers. No, man. They didn't win that game in London because of Kyle Allen. They won that game in London because Jameis Winston is a dunce and turned the ball over like five times. So I've seen people make way too much out of back of quarterback performances. It's still Bryce's job whenever he's healthy. He's got to be the guy. The Panthers gave up way too much to sit around and have Andy Dalton start the majority of the season. It should be Bryce. So whenever he's healthy, he's got to go figure it out. If he's a little rattled, hey, man, it's the NFL. Figure it out. Go out there. Make some plays and show the team why they made that massive gamble on you by trading up and getting you at number one overall. So whenever Bryce is healthy, he's got to be the guy. But he's got to get healthy. And the Panthers in general just need to get healthy because I don't know – 
how they save and turn around this season if these guys are out. Because right now, when you look at the defense, J.C. Horn, he's on IR with the hamstring. No clue when he's going to come back, if he comes back at all this year. I, I imagine he's going to come back, but no clue. You have Shaq Thompson, broken leg. They say he could come back. They're 0-3. They're not going to be a playoff team. Shaq Thompson, I'll see you next fall, buddy. Like, he's not going to play. Uh, so he should not come back at all. Uh, linebacker Frankie Luvu, of course, went out with a hit pointer, and Reich didn't know too much about it. We'll find out more about that probably on Monday morning, maybe not until Wednesday when the injury report comes out uh, for the week four game against the Vikings. Um, but – you know, you see Luvu go down with the hip, and it's it's good thing to have Deion Jones, who started. I was kind of surprised by that. He got the interception uh, that set up the Panthers plus territory, but then Kamu Grie Hill came in at 10 tackles. He was good on Monday night when he came in. I was surprised that he didn't start today. It might not matter now if Frankie's going to be out for a period of time because he will be out there starting with Deion Jones. So that was a position group the Carolina Panthers, I guess, could afford to have injuries. But now they can't afford to have another injury at inside linebacker now that they're down a starter for the rest of the season probably and really should be the case. And then they're going to be maybe down with, I don't know, how serious Frankie's issue is. He could play maybe next week. But it was surprising to see there in the second half that he wasn't out there and there was really no indication that was going to be the case coming out of the half. So, yeah, Reluvu's out. Xavier Woods has a hamstring. And I saw it looked looked like the play before he went out was when he heard it. And it's a weird thing about watching on TV. You don't have the all 22. You can't really see. And you got to wait for them to kind of like stop for you to be able to see whether somebody's hurt or not because um, they got to blow the whistle. But I felt like he kind of got hurt on the play prior to coming out. So he didn't play. And then Sam Franklin, I think, came in and played pretty well. Um for the Panthers getting a pass breakup and he's always, he's a good special teams player. I've seen some good stuff from him in the preseason too. So I'm not overly concerned there, but the communication, you definitely need that with those safeties. It's really important in a Vero and a Gerald Vero's defense. So that's not great. CJ Henderson went out with the ankle and that didn't look good. So now you got Troy Hill in there. Who's, you know, an older player, but he understands the system. Can't afford another injury with the corners. So you got four, primary starters and really five now that CJ Henderson's out so you got five guys on defense that are starters that are out and you saw how that impacted them in the second half because they were great in the first half with I think the Seattle's like 0 for 3 in the red zone in the first half uh and then they also like they were terrible on third they were one for eight on third down in the first half and they were facing an average of like 9.1 so the defense was really good in the first half and let's see the total stats too uh, from Seattle, they were three of thirteen on third down. Panthers were ten of nineteen, and they came into like into it as like twenty fifth in the league, I think, on third down. So much better from them today. But the Seattle Seahawks were not great on third down at all. The Panthers were kind of able to get up the field. They gave a bunch of field goals, but the dam kind of broke there in the second half, where the drive chart in the second half for the Panthers or for the Seahawks rather was field goal, touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown. Then end of game when they got it back on that onside kick. And it was smart, too, by Seattle to go for that two-point conversion. Like, that cannot happen where Geno Smith is able to run around like that, play backyard football, and just throw the ball up Tyler Lockett. Jeremy Chin, he's got to be able to locate the ball. I know you got to play the man, but you got to play the ball as well. And for Lockett to get that catch, it was smart for them to be able to get up, to, up by 17 and be able to win that game. I hate when teams who are up by – they score a touchdown, they're up by seven – when they kick an extra point to go up by eight, I hate when they do that. Always go for two, make it a nine-point game, or in this situation, make it a 17-point game and put the game out of reach, which he did in that situation. That just can't happen, but that's just kind of a product of a banged-up defense. And we had talked about earlier in the week, how can the Panthers sustain or really maintain, you know, after having J.C. Horn go out and having Shaq Thompson go out? Like, will the defense continue to play as well as they played? And we saw in the second half where things kind of 
fell apart. The dam broke there on them, and the offense really wasn't able to keep up scoring-wise. So that's tough to see. And then offensively, same kind of case. Brady Christensen is a bicep out for the year. Austin Corbett with the knee should be back hopefully soon. Uh, Bryce Young with the ankle may miss next week, uh, but he should be back by the time they travel up to Detroit. And then Jonathan Mingo went out for concussion. We'll have to see how long that's going to be as far as the protocol. So uh, he could be out next Sunday. We'll see how he progresses through that. Obviously wishing the best of luck because that's certainly um, – you know, not an injury that you want to sustain because your brain pretty important thing. And we certainly take uh, concussions more seriously than we used to in the past. Well, those are some serious injuries for this team to have to overcome on defense and on offense. And they weren't the only team that did it because Seattle today, they were out, they were, they were down three offensive line starters, four at a time at, at one point in that game. They were out where they were without like their three of the best guys in the secondary and they won 37, 27. So it, injuries are only as much of an excuse as you can make it. I mean, it, clearly there are, a deeper team than Carolina. Clearly they're a better team than Carolina, but the Panthers, man, like they got to get healthy if they can. And they just got to stop making mistakes and stop killing themselves. Cause they have no shot. If they're going to have this many injuries and make as many mistakes as they made, especially with those eight false starts as they made today. So that is just discouraging to see fingers crossed, hoping the best for all those guys that suffered injuries today, that they can be back next week against Minnesota. Cause if they're not, yeah, this season could be going nowhere fast, and I'm sure some of y'all are already there with me now. Well, I'm, I'm not quite ready to give up, but damn, dude, 0-3 is not good. Still got 14 games, still got a chance. Frank Reich said, hey, I've been 1-5, yada, yada, yada. Okay, dude, that's this is not where you want to be. <laughs> that's obvious, everyone knows it, but they got to find a way to get healthy. got to find a way to get a win next week against Minnesota, who's also 0-3 coming to Carolina. I gave my keys to victory on Friday on the show here on Locked on Panthers. We'll go over some of those keys and how things played out. And also just kind of discuss the state of a Carolina Panthers team that's 0-3 and a fan base that, of course, is just not in a good mindset here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Do you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your favorite restaurant to your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Every Friday here on Locked On Panthers, heading into a game week, I give you my three keys to victory for the Carolina Panthers. Going to review some of those keys, or well, not all, well, not some of them. I'm going to review all the keys right now on the show as Carolina Panthers fall 37-27 to on the road in Seattle. Key number one was wide receivers, they got to get open. They did a much better job today against a bad secondary in Seattle, and that's what you wanted to see. Is this the byproduct of Seattle being bad, or is this just these guys having a better game, and this is what they're going to be moving forward? We'll see 
as time moves on. But you have to be encouraged by Adam Thielen, what he was able to do. Again, the stats, he had 11 receptions on 14 targets for 145 yards, one touchdown. DJ Chark, four receptions on 11 targets, so you would like to have more receptions, obviously, for 86 yards. His average uh, was 21 and a half. That's exactly why the Carolina Panthers went out and signed in free agency. So good to see that. Even Miles Sanders was able to help out in the past game, five uh, receptions on nine targets for 38 yards. Terrace Marshall filled in for Jonathan Mingo, who went out with that concussion. He had five receptions for 35 yards on eight targets. Uh, Tommy Trimble even had a reception for 15 yards. Hayden Hurst, only three targets, one reception, 11 yards. It was good to see from your top two receivers, Chark and Thielen, be able to go out there and have that kind of day today. And I do think that having any Dalton certainly helps just him being a veteran and having been in that environment before. And, you know, Bryce still just trying to, you know, learn on the job and figure out how, what it takes to be a, a successful quarterback in the National Football League. Dalton has been that in his career. He went to the playoffs a ton of times. You might not think very highly of Andy Dalton, but he's still playing. <laughs> so, you know, if he's in year 12, he's still out there having success. And there's plenty of guys who were drafted in 21 or 2011 that played quarterback that aren't playing still so he had he's had success and I'm not saying camp can have a great career he was a successful NFL quarterback but Andy Dalton got to give him his flowers today uh, for the way he was able to play and those receivers played well so I give them credit it was good to see that and that's this pointing thing where they throw for 300 plus yards and they're not able to win the game when that was one of the keys I had going into the game uh reason why they weren't able to win because they were not able to establish a run game 44 yards on the ground that was good for 3.1 yards per carry that's not great and it's not in this Panthers. I think they have a problem too. It's not just a run game offensively where they didn't even try to run on a Monday night. They couldn't run it today. Didn't really feel like they were that dedicated either way, but it wasn't like they're getting a ton of yardage. And Miles Sanders had a great run there when he got the spin. He had a spin move there on the backfield for Alpha Brooks. And then he fell on the ball, got his wind knocked out of him, but I didn't see not nearly anything out of not Not enough out of him. Didn't really see Chuba Hubbard who had a great game week one. They haven't even tried to use, utilize him at all in the run game. I don't totally understand what the case is. Maybe Sanders wasn't really, 100% week one, so that's why Chuba Hubbard got more opportunities, but I don't know why he has in the last two weeks when he's run hard in the preseason and in week one, but they couldn't run the ball, and they also can't stop the run. This was a problem back in 2019 when the Panthers went to a base three uh, man front, which okay, it's only a base, they're not all, only going to be, of course, you know, uh, in that three four, but that you're seeing a lot of it, obviously. Uh, they were really bad against the run that year, and so far this season, they give 130 yards on five, and that's 5.4 yards per carry against Falcons in that loss. They give 134 yards on Monday night, that's 4.1 yards per carry against Saints. And then I looked, I, I wrote this down before the end of the game because I knew the Seahawks were about to kneel it down, so I wanted to actually get to what the real total was, not like the total after they had the kneel down. They had given up 149 yards and five yards per carry right before Seattle recovered and then kneeled it out to end of the game. So the Panthers have not been good against the run so far. They need to get better against the run. And it's going to be tough to do that when Luvu's out, when Shaq's out, and you're having those kind of issues on, like defensively. So that's very concerning for me. So they did not run the ball well, and they have not stopped to run. And the third one is get after Geno Smith. They got some decent pressure on Geno, uh, which is good to see. Two sacks. Uh, Would have liked to see more pressure. And, you know, Seahawks were, of course, down three starters for the majority of the game on the offensive line. They were down uh, four at a point in time, too. But the Panthers got the wide receivers open. Thielen Shark stepped up. They played like veterans, and they showed you what you wanted to see from them, what you hope to see from them moving forward when Bryce comes back or if it's going to be with Andy Dalton for another week. they got to be able to run the ball. And Frank Reich talked about – it was weird, this answer that he gave when he was asked, hey, why do you think things went wrong um, in Indianapolis? And he said, uh, we weren't able to run the ball anymore. Well, if running the ball is so important to you, you got to be more dedicated to it. I don't know if it's going to be – 
able to happen if the, if the guard plays as bad as it's been with a guy like Zavala and then maybe Throckmorton, maybe he's struggling. I don't know, but it's not a good situation for the Carolina Panthers who sit at 0-3. And I told you all this before, and I'm going to tell you now. I mean, if they can just find a way to just keep their heads above water going into the bye, they can potentially turn this thing around and not be a complete dumpster fire like it's looked like it's looking right now. Minnesota's a must win in a way. God, I hate it. I hate I just said must win because the season does not end if they lose. But either way, you understand. It is a game that you need to have. It's a game that the Vikings need to have. If the Panthers want to have any sort of season, not like the one that they have right now. And Frank Reich said there's belief in that locker room, that there's not going to be finger reporting. Okay, if you want to have real belief that you can turn things around, you better win on Sunday against Minnesota. Because if you lose on Sunday against Minnesota, you're, I don't, I, you're not beating Miami. They just won. They just scored 70 points today. What the hell? 70 points. You're not beating that team. So you're not going to be Dolphins. And I get it's the NFL. The Colts just won today on the road against – I think it was on the road. I don't know where the game was. We've seen, You see it. Week-to-week league, any given Sunday, yada, yada. The Panthers aren't beating the Dolphins, okay? So we, we can go ahead and chalk up. That's a fourth loss. We already know that's going to be a loss. they got to find a way to win on Sunday, and they got to find a way to win in Detroit, which they can do. It's still the Lions. They're a better team, but they, they, can, they have to win. On, they need to win on Sunday against Minnesota. Then they can go to Detroit, and they got to win that game. If you get to 2-4 and – you have a chance because then you get home games against the Texans, against the Colts. The Bears stink. So, so do you right now. But those are three teams you can beat. You get the Titans on your schedule as well. So, it can get better. They just need to get healthy. Hopefully get Bryce to play at a higher level when he comes back. And for the guys around him to also help out like they helped out Dalton today. So, things don't have to go completely in the tank. They can find a way to win to the next three and come out of the bye healthily healthier and have an easier stretch of games where they can win those and feasibly be right there around 500 and we'll see how things go. I don't think it's going to be a playoff team. I pretty much feel like I didn't think that was going to be the case entering the season anyways. History tells you at 0-3 that's not going to happen, but they can be a lot better, obviously, than what they've shown so far. So it's discouraging to see this. It's frustrating. I get it. I'm there with you. I got to sit here and talk about this every day. I do two live shows. Hey, I'm getting paid to do it. So, yeah, at least I guess I, I won in the end because if you're going to watch bad football, might as well get paid to do it. But, damn, man, can can you do? Can they figure it out? Because I'm sick. Since I moved back here, at the end of 18, when I was working at the radio station, 19, and, and, watching, and then watching them be bad then in 2020 when I was doing some other stuff, and 21, my first time with – first year doing a season, uh, doing a pod here, um, and then 22 last year, now this year. I, I'm tired of watching bad football, man. I'm tired of watching, like, bad Panthers football. And I know you're tired of it as well. Like, this team is better than what they've shown, I think. But so far, that has not been the case. And, you know, Bill Barzell's, you are, your record says you are, yada, 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 whatever, man. 0-3. I mean, they look like an 0-3 football team so far. I, you, can't, you can't really dispute that. But they've also been a football team where if they don't turn the ball over week one, they win. And if they don't make a ton of mistakes, even, I don't know, even if they don't make a ton of mistakes, I still think they lose just because Seattle, Carolina's not putting up 37 points. And by the way, I don't think I mentioned this. What was that? The, uh, the 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 chain thing at the beginning of the game? Like he wasn't short. It's only three points, but he wasn't short. Like momentum of the game and all that. How that could? I don't know. That was weird. But damn, Panthers twenty-seven, Seahawks thirty-seven. They dropped zero and three. Hopefully things will get better. 
who really knows? But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesday I'll be back to answer your weekly mailbag questions. I hope the stream was fine. I pay $125 a Spectrum for the highest internet. I'm literally I'm connected. Like with the Ethernet cables, I don't know why it's been showing me that it's been good and not good. So hopefully it hasn't been bad. Uh, but if the stream's ever bad, you can always listen to the podcast because I have always record a backup feed to make sure that it sounds as best as it can. So hopefully it's been fine. But I'll look at your comments after this and I'll know whether that was the case or not. But damn, Spectrum's paying way too much money to be having this happen during a live feed. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, be safe, be happy, be whole. And I'll be back with you tomorrow as we look at the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Carolina Panthers 37-27 loss against the Seattle Seahawks. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.